Welcome everyone. You are listening to the Summerhill Wealth Management Podcast, where we dive into topics relating to divorce and women. Specifically, we discuss how affluent women can maintain their lifestyle during and post-divorce. Join me as we talk to the most sought-after divorce professionals across the country and share significant tips that you can take along with you no matter where you are in your own divorce process. So philanthropic endeavors and really talking about charitable giving and philanthropic really just resources around where my clients can go to is important to me. So I really want everyone listening uh, to learn more about nonprofit sectors and what it is and what it means to give back either with time or money. And in divorce, it can be so focused on just yourself and post-divorce, it can be also focused on yourself where a lot of the success that you see is when we actually give a little less to ourselves and a little bit more to others. I still believe that you need to take care of yourself and self-care is so important, but this also provides such a holistically better aspect in life when you actually do give something to someone else. Um, it just really brightens your world. And so that's why Belle Bokel is here today. She is, I gosh, how many languages does she know? She's been in the nonprofit sector for a decade or more. She is so highly educated. I can't even describe everything that's under her educational belt uh, and resources. Um, she's worked for companies like Walt Disney and Warner Bros. And she just has so much going on in her life that's all about boards and committees and really helping inspire others to actually give back in the right ways. And so she's here today as a gift officer and director to talk about charitable giving and why women in divorce, post-divorce, should still give and how to do so and really what does it mean to you and so we're going to focus this segment just on giving and aligning women's new identity to what they can do when they're divorced and they have this new passion uh, and how to give back bell i am so thankful that you're here today with us this is going to be such a treat to talk to you so my question for you is you are a gift officer and in my mind that's really like the director of philanthropic giving i just would love for you to explain and tell us what does it actually entail sure of course thank you so much for having me on olivia i have to say i am super thankful that i work on an amazing all-star team and when i first got started some of the best advice that i'd ever heard that fundraising is a team sport. And I kind of had to take a step back and say, like, what did that person say? And I love Brene Brown, as I'm sure, you know, many of your listeners do. And I said, say it again, please. And they said, fundraising is a team sport. So anytime I've either thought about leaving or, you know, I've been asked to join a team or I've even volunteered for a board and there's fundraising involved, I've asked, how do you feel about fundraising? And if they've said, you know, you're the only one responsible or one person has to bring all the dollars in, that has been a red flag for me. And I've had to say, okay, thank you so much. Um, I, I understand this is a culture dynamic here and I want to be aware of that. But first off, I like to take a step back and ask the people in the room, 
if they and I are talking about the same things. So when we say the words development, I'm using air quotes for your listeners and fundraising, um, what do we mean? Because to some people, those terms can be really vague. They can even be off-putting because they're like, hold up, is she going to ask me for money? Like, that, that can be scary. That can be intimate, depending on how you feel about money. And I get that. I'd be like, I don't know you. Why are you, why are you saying those words to me? So I have actually found that I prefer the term resource generation. And I think that's like a nice middle of the road term, because that could mean an individual's time. That's definitely a resource. It could mean uh, individual's expertise. That's 100% a resource. And of course, um, definitely in what you and I both do, and it's the easiest thing to discern, is what is somebody's capacity? You know, what does someone want to give? And some people can say, I can definitely give of, of my uh, dollar amount. And that's a financial con contribution to something I'm passionate about. And so that is what I have the privilege of doing is storting how somebody wants to generate their resource into something that they're passionate about. So bottom line, gift officer, be it your time, your expertise, your expertise, excuse me, or your financial capacity. Uh, a lot of times it's a mix of all three and um, at different shops. So different places, a gift officer has to be able to look in and have some amount of emotional intelligence and say, what does my, uh, what does my relationship look like with this person? And, what is the relationship management at any given time look like they're willing to give? And I want to be able to steward that with them. Wow. That's such a good answer because I think in today's world, we have so many different names for so many different things and definitions. Totally. And since I work with women and divorce and philanthropy in general is such a big thing for them is they still in the divorce process and post divorce yes. still want to be able to give money and time. And that's such a passion for most clients and just, Women in general, I think that's huge. I think I could say that. So definitely. Next, exactly. So I think my next question is, so you're in the philanthropic world and you work with affluent women on their giving strategies. So what's the biggest reason why women give in your opinion? I, I love all these questions, Olivia, and I can't say it enough. And so, you know, saying it again, it is a relationship, right? So being able to have a thoughtful relationship and one that benefits each participant. And sometimes I think that's taboo to say, right? So even you and I, like, what am I bringing to the table and how do I show up for you? But what are you bringing to the table and how do you show up for me? I don't think it's selfish for us to be able to say that. And so when you ask in philanthropy, I work with these women, just like you in your world, you work with these amazing women, these, these team builders, these rock stars, and they are not one story. They are not one identity. So why do women give? Um, so I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but I'm trilingual. I grew up in a household where my mom spoke Vietnamese and my dad spoke mostly French and some Vietnamese. So I definitely spoke English at school. I spoke English on my soccer teams and I spoke some mixture of all three at home. And I don't think it surprises anyone in my um, in my social circles or in my friend groups that, you know, I am obsessed with words and what they mean. And so when I read your question over email, I was like, OK, well, what does philanthropy mean and where does it come from? And it exact the word exactly comes from 17th century Greek. And I'm going to geek out for a second and I might mispronounce it, but it comes from the word 
philanthropos, and that actually means man loving, and um, it means a, a love of mankind. So I laughed. I was like, oh man, Olivia, <laughs> women in divorce. I she's asking me a, a question about philanthropy, how women give, and this word means man loving. And I was like, well, okay. And coming from my background in Vietnam, and when I got into this work, my mom actually struggled with how to tell people what I do. And she was like, why couldn't you be a doctor or a lawyer? It's a very definitive career path. And so sometimes she'd tell people, my daughter raises money to help the homeless. And I was like, okay, Ma, well, not a lie. At that time, I worked for a, a big type of organization, like a United Way that, you know, there are uh, branches that that do direct service. So, you know, some money would trickle down to people experiencing homelessness, but that's not all that um, one might want to give to. And so I thought more about your question and I thought about why someone might want to give, especially after their identity might change or their their circumstances are, are different. And to that word again, it begs the question, right? What does one having love for another human being mean? And if we sub out that word of love and we think about empathy or, you know, nothing's a monolith, but I think men and women do give for different, but no, no less meaningful reasons. And um, again, my experience is not the only experience, but in my past, I've seen men usually give to solidify their legacies. They want to ensure that others are able to follow in their footsteps. So Think, you know, capital projects, building specific scholarships to their schools, programs, maybe to give tribute to a time in their life where they were on a sports team or um, to amplify a longstanding family tradition. All of that has beautiful merit and worth. But then when I've worked with women, there is more of a relational component there where we've gone really deep. It almost seems therapeutic to say we want to give thanks to a mentor, a champion, someone that's really pulled us up that ladder. Um, I hate to use that term, lean in, but lean in. And secondly, there have been conversations that I've left shaken because they've said, where are we fulfilling an unmet need, something that hasn't existed before? Um, the example I, I often use is that years ago, there were um, DEI efforts in the community, diversity, equity, inclusion, where I was talking to a woman who shared personally with me that she was a single mom. And not only was she a single mom that had been in it, but she saw the effects that that um, experience took on her, the little ones that she had raised. And so she said, if I could go back, I really um, was thankful for, you know, the casseroles that people brought, the diapers that people changed. But it was that that approach to two gen, two generational work, you know, the work I needed to do on myself and the work that I needed to come alongside my kiddos. And so the women's affinity group at that local community nonprofit I was at started with her uh, leadership and expertise. They leaned into research, policy work and funding. So it was a three-pronged approach to research, policy work, and obviously financial funding. And they looked at two generational whole family programming for single mothers and their kiddos. Um, that's a very different than a building or a scholarship and no less more meaningful. But I had to look at your question, Olivia, and say, okay, well, not to gender it, but men and women think about a lot of things differently and giving is no, um, no surprise there. 
That is so, I, there's so many studies that back that up too. And yes, me being in, I was in as a chartered advisor in philanthropy in my past yes. and doing just fun, educational philanthropic events with women. And that is exactly what I've seen personally as well. So I, I love, love how it. you say that. So yeah, it's so true. And I think you really tied into my next question really well, but let's still ask it. Cause I want to see if there's anything else you want to talk about is why should the new identity of women getting past divorce find something they love and give back either financially or with their time? So thoughtful. Yes. And I, I love that you always think about things from this big fan of your podcast, you know, definitely from when we met and listening to your other episodes. So plug for other folks to tune in to your other episodes, but um, financially and with their time. And I know we talked about that in that first question, but, you know, your expertise, your time, you know, your contributions financially, those are all ways that people can give. And so I know less so with men, again, not to gender it, but I hear women sometimes say things or want to justify, I can't give as much as I have in the past. Maybe their identity has changed, maybe because of a divorce or kiddos in college or however that appears in their internal monologue. Or they might say, you know, I, I'm, I'm working more now or I'm working less now. My time has changed or maybe I'm a grandmother now. However, that looks like to them. We don't know what other people are carrying. So I'm always very, I hope, thoughtful about meeting people where they're at and knowing what their identity is. And so I've got to be real. I struggled with this question and how to answer it. But um, especially in this year of I've been saying, quote, on hold or on pause, we've been existing or trying to exist in. I have empathy for those who have this new identity because that's not easy. And how do we find and add on something else? Um, so I thought about Amy Poehler. She is one of my favorite uh, writers, actors, comedians. And she said, you know, a person's tragedy does not make up their entire life. So I'll say that again. A person's tragedy does not make up their entire life. She continues on to say, a story carves deep grooves into our brains each time we tell it. But we aren't one story. We can change our stories. So Amy Poehler said that, and I liked and picked that quote for our conversation today because I think it applies to finding something women love and can give back financially or with their time and expertise. You are not your divorce. I don't necessarily even think that divorce is always a tragedy. Sometimes it's a rebirth. But I understand that this is part of your story, of your journey. And I, as a, as a philanthropist and a fundraiser, and as someone that just understands that we are all on different paths, I want to know about your passions. I want to know where you've been. I want to know where you're going. And I want to know how I can help you get there. And did you have a teacher or mentor? Was there some unmet need to go back to that, that earlier prompt that we talked about? You know, how do you prefer to show up for others? And all of these questions are pretty fluid. So when you are meeting with me, I want my the folks I'm working with to know that we are starting a relationship. And to be honest, they are also getting something from me. And so I want them to be honest and say, what do you want from me? What do you want from this organization, be it a community nonprofit or your alma mater? 
And I think that that relationship needs to have um, almost like check-in inflection points so we can say, am I meeting your needs? Am I being transparent? Am I reporting out to you that your money is working for you in this organization in a thoughtful way? And I would end that and say that this journey is in fact writing another story. And so as Amy said, Amy Poehler, we aren't one story. And so how can we collectively come together and make sure that those stories, those narratives are as transformative, but um, empowering as possible? Wow. I think that out of all of the things that I've gotten to do with this podcast and all of the sought after guests, it is just, it's never... I'm always surprised, but I shouldn't be that. It's just so powerful, all these conversations. So I'm just sitting here blown away. I don't, I don't know what to say because this has just been really fun. And I know the listeners, anyone who's listening right here can reach out to you and really understand their philanthropic endeavors in more detail. And I'll put everything in the podcast notes so they can contact you. And I really, I think that's all I wanted to ask today because that's just really hits home. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to share before we let each other go? No, a hundred percent, Olivia. This was such a joy and thank you for being flexible. And I know we're on different coasts, but you know, I just wish you well. And it's been such a, you know, just a treat and treasure to get to know you and, and to collaborate in this way. Thank you for joining another episode with me, your host, Olivia Summerhill, the founder of Summerhill Wealth Management. I help women maintain their lifestyle during and post-divorce and look forward to you joining us for another episode very soon. Until then, visit me at summerhillwealth.com for helpful resources that can help you on your divorce journey, no matter where you may currently be.